We welcome you to another edition of State Lines, where you get the best pro football gambling information in the state of Illinois. My name is Jason Gotch, and I'm joined as always by my co-host John Spataro on our Vegas Insider, Ryan Fisher. And gentlemen, as we know, the regular season of the National Football League is winding down. Week 16 is on the docket, but before we get to that and the Bears and the Chiefs and all the games coming up here in the 16th week of the NFL season, let's talk about how last week went and how we've been doing gambling-wise with some of our previous picks. And I want to go to you, John, because you've been on fire now for over a month, so go ahead and fill the listeners in. If they're not following your picks or picking what you're telling us to pick, well, they're missing out on a great opportunity. Yeah, I got some good numbers for you. In the last 30 days, I'm picking at a 91% clip. Uh, that would be 11-1 and one in my last month of, of action here, and I'm pretty happy about that. The only game I lost was uh, a week ago in the, uh, the wild uh, Texans-Denver game where Drew Locke broke out and scored about 40 points himself uh, in, in that game and kind of ruined my my win streak, but I went 3-0 and last week. I got back on the, on track, uh, hit a nice under on the uh, New Orleans-Indianapolis game. I, and Jason and I were talking about this game offline the other day, and, and I said, you know when you're hot, when Drew Brees sets a touchdown record, he also has the uh, NFL record for best completion percentage in a game. Everything sounds like it was going to be a blowout win, and the game still manages to go under. So, yes, I'm feeling really good. I, I really rallied here at the end of the year. Really around week nine or ten is when I picked it up. Uh, for for the year, I'm at about 20, 14, and one. That's a, a 58% clip. So I'm looking to end the year strong, obviously being the positive here and and being in the money, which would be great. And uh, hopefully this week's going to be a little tougher. I think there's a lot of close games on the board this week, uh, and we'll see if I can continue winning. But uh, I've been very happy with myself, as should you if you have been following my picks out there in listener land uh, these last 30 days and beyond. Certainly the case. John should give himself a pat on the back, and the listeners can send the holiday cards, the thank you cards to John if they've been following along and using his picks and making themselves some extra Christmas cash. Let's go to our Vegas insider, Ryan Fisher. Ryan, why don't you let us know how last week went for you and how you've been doing? Yeah, we had a real solid week. Uh, went 2-1, and one, and the two winners were really never in doubt. Had the Falcons getting 11 against the 49ers, and uh, they actually won that game outright. That would have been a great money line play. Uh, we had the under in the Chiefs and Broncos, total of about 46. That game didn't even get close. It was 23 to 3. Um, and just so so no one had to sweat any of my selections, the one that we lost also wasn't even close. We had the under in the Eagles and the Redskins, and that game just went back and forth and went soaring over the total. So. Went two and one, which was really nice. But my favorite part about last week is in the NFL, just a reminder um, of anything can happen. And we have no idea and the role that luck plays in this. The Eagles, four and a half point favorites over the Redskins, never covered the game the entire way until the very last play when Dwayne Haskins fumbles and it's returned 50 yards for a touchdown. So the Eagles with the <laughs> easy cover. And just, just to prove that it wasn't a fluke, we did it again later in the day. That Falcons 49ers game, total of 47. Everybody's on the over. The game's never close to being an over game. The Falcons score with two seconds left to go up 23 to 22. And on the ensuing kickoff, the 49ers throw the ball around. The Falcons pick it up, score a touchdown, and that pushes that game over. So 
you know, buyer beware, better beware. Anything can happen. And uh, a lot of people won with the Eagles in that over last week in the uh, Falcons 49ers, despite, uh, despite not really having any chance. So you know, take that money, hide it under your mattress, and uh, don't bring it back this week because you never know what might happen. Oh, some great stories there from Ryan on the highs and lows of gambling. Because when you're a gambler like we are, it's not about who wins the games. It's about who covers spreads. It's about what happens with the over and the under. And the Eagles game and also that Falcons 49ers game. Making some gamblers really happy and really breaking the hearts of a lot of people who thought they had it right on paper. But in the end, it doesn't go their way. Well, guys, you know what? I also will start off with my winners. I had the lock of the week was the Patriots minus the points at Cincinnati. We know when Bill Belichick has a tough loss, he likes to look ahead to Cincinnati and he Tends to take care of the Bengals, as he did last week at Paul Brown Stadium there by the banks of the Ohio River. So that was the lock of the week. Also, the Texans against the Tennessee Titans, and they covered that number. Uh, Unfortunately, we also had a loser, and that was a loss with the Rams, who got clobbered. I mean, like Ryan said, if you're going to lose one, lose one big, won't be any doubt. Had the Rams at the Cowboys, and that was not the Rams' day from the start of that one. So we'll take a two-in-one week and look ahead here to Week 16. Me, Jason Gotch, along with our Vegas insider, Ryan Fisher, and John Spataro as well, looking to put together another winning week. And guys, let's go ahead and take a look at the Chicago Bears and the Kansas City Chiefs, because we know, thanks to Ryan Fisher's Packers, the Bears have been eliminated from playoff contention with that loss in Green Bay. They dropped to 7-7 seven and seven on the season. So the Bears playing out the string. Matt Nagy trying to talk real positive this week, saying the Bears are going to finish strong. They're working on things. They're working hard to improve. Nagy goes up against his former team and his mentor, Andy Reid, this week. The Chiefs are minus 6 in this one. The total's 44.5. John, I'll turn to you first. Uh, give us your thoughts on this game, and especially... Knowing the Bears, even though Nagy says they'll be ready and they're motivated, they are out of playoff contention. Well, you said thank you to to Ryan's Packers. I'm going to say thank you uh, sarcastically to Jesper Horstead, which sounds like a Blackhawks player, not necessarily a Bears tight end, because he couldn't see Allen Robinson running up the field just five yards behind him. If he could have got the lateral, maybe it would have been a different story. You still never know if, if Robinson would have been able to get into the end zone. But it, it could have happened, and the Bears could still be alive, although slim, in the playoff contention. But, yeah, I'll, I'll talk about this game against the Chiefs quickly because then I want to say some bigger things about this Bears season. I think the Bears have a shot to cover in this game. I think they're about six or six-and-a-half-point underdogs at the moment. Uh, I, I just don't know what to expect from a team that's now officially out of the playoffs, and I don't know if Matt Nagy's going to – empty the playbook like I've been begging him to these last few weeks and maybe try some new things with Mitch Trubisky and the, and the offense and see if they can get some momentum uh, going into next year. is just kind of a, a see what we have year with, with Mitch and um, a disappointing year all around for the bears. I'm sure everyone in the locker room is upset that they're not going to be going back to the playoffs, but a good opportunity maybe to, uh, you know, see what you can do against the bad defense. The Chiefs really don't play much defense at all. They can score with anybody in the league, uh, and I think that's going to be a tough task for the defense. But I could see the Bears scratching out some points and maybe losing this game by a field goal or 
you know, just a weird combination of touchdowns that would give them a, uh, a, a cover in this one at home as a home dog. But uh, something I want to go back to, uh, you know, from the beginning of the year that we talked about a lot this year, we've talked about a lot of different angles with the Bears, but we talked about win totals. I think that was the first thing we did uh, the first week of the year. And interesting kind of how that played out. If you remember, the Packers, the Vikings, and the Bears were all slated between nine and nine and a half wins on the year. The Vikings and the Packers have already locked, locked up uh, they're over because they both won at least 10 games. Uh, and the Bears are, are uh, locked in to be under the nine and a half that they were given because they have seven losses. So I think I called the Bears being nine and seven this year. It kind of played out how I thought it would, how they were a little lopsided and, you know, win one, lose one, lose two, win two. It just seemed like an up and down year to me all year long. And uh, an interesting one, because I remember at the beginning of the year, we were all kind of questioning how all three of those teams were going to do. And it was all always, you know, the, the eternal optimists here in Chicago thought that the Bears were going to blow right past that. But it turns out they were the odd man out in that interesting pairing, putting those three teams so close together in the win totals for the year. All right, John, giving us his thoughts, good ones on the Bears. I turn to you, Ryan. What do you think about this one Sunday night, especially with the position both the Bears and the Chiefs are in going into this contest? You know, watching the Bears-Packers game on Sunday, and I, I had mentioned it on last week's show that the Bears were going to have more trouble scoring against the Packers than they had those previous two weeks. We heard all about how the offense had turned the corner against the Lions and the Cowboys. It's pretty simple. The Bears, when the defense plays just a basic defense without a whole lot of, uh, a whole lot of deception and a whole lot of interesting things, Trubisky plays well. When they run up against the defense, it's going to bring you a lot, you know, that's very multiple and is going to do a lot of different things. That's when he struggles. You know, I'm watching that game Sunday and, you know, the announcers were late in the third quarter and they're telling me what a great game Trubisky has played. And I look at the scoreboard and I mean, the Bears have 13 points. And of course, the very next play, he throws the interception to Dean Lowry, which was a great play by the defensive lineman. But if you back that picture out, I don't even know where Trubisky was throwing the ball. He's just not accurate enough. He doesn't make the right decisions. He makes some great plays. He made some great throws against the Packers, but not enough to consistently do it and 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 be a team that's going to score, you know, in the upper twenties and into the thirties against against defenses that that are that are making them earn it. Now the Chiefs' defense, you would not say, is a defense that makes you earn it, but they will do some different things under Steve Spagnola, and uh, they're going to come with some different blitzes and and all these sorts of things. So I think the Bears offense is going to actually struggle a little bit against the Chiefs again. Um, I wish Patrick Mahomes was healthy. Uh, I don't think he's fully healthy. I'd love to see him against that Bears defense. Uh, you know, the Packers left a lot of points out on the field Sunday. They should have hit the 75-yard touchdown on the first play of the game. Um, you know, Aaron Rodgers is still figuring out how to be a full-time pocket quarterback, which it may he may never fully get there. Um, we'll see that over the next – few years but so against the Bears defense he struggled as it went on Mahomes I don't think he's going to have that problem if he gets outside I mean I think this this game could get uh could get ugly I, I think Trubisky's going to turn the ball over a few times against the Chiefs defense that really relies on that um I mean take all this with a grain of salt I, I haven't done real well picking Bears games throughout the course of the year but I did see that side it, it I really think right now it's that simple um, you know, Matt Nagy, he's an okay coach, but I did see the stat that, you know, he's now 0-6 straight up in games where he's had quote-unquote extra time to prepare. 
He's 0-2 in season openers. He's 0-2 off the bye. He's 0-2 off Thursday games. I mean, that's not inspiring from, you know, from a head coaching standpoint. There hasn't been anything inspiring from Matt Nagy this year other than sliding things under the rug and making excuses. And, yeah, he's still got a strong relationship with Mitchell Trubisky, and that's a big deal. Uh, but if Mitchell Trubisky's never going to be any good, then that strong relationship's just going to do Matt Nagy. So, I think the I think the Chiefs run all over them here. I think I think they score a lot of points. I, I'm going to lay the six and, and take the Chiefs. All right, Ryan is on the Chiefs, and I'll join Ryan in my pick, saying, "Hey, you know what? Take it with a grain of salt because I have not done well picking Bears games either this season. I had them plus the points in Green Bay. Green Bay, it did not work out last week, as you know. But I'm going to go the other way on this one. I'm actually going to take the Bears. I don't think they win. I do think they keep it close." Uh, It's one of those situations we'll see how much Mahomes plays uh, based on what Ryan was talking about with the injury he's been nursing the last several weeks. I don't think the Bears win it. I'll say they keep it close. Give me the six points, the Bears at home. And I know NBC's cheering for me with this bet because they decided to keep the Bears on Sunday night football with the hope that the game would be close and it'd be in a big market they could get the Chicago audience as well rather than flexing out of the game. So we'll see. Maybe it'll at least be an entertaining uh, pre-Christmas game for everybody out there, Bears fans, even if the Bears don't win it. It's Jason Gotch with you, along with my co-hosts, our Vegas insider Ryan Fisher, and also John Spataro here on State Lines, where you get the best pro football gambling information in the state of Illinois. And guys, it's that time in the show. I love this segment because it's just a fun one. Our bet it or drink it segment. I take 20 bucks out of my own money for myself out of my pocket, and I also give 20 bucks each to Ryan and to John. And I throw out an interesting play, a long shot play, sometimes a futures bet, sometimes a parlay. So what we're going to do this week is we're going to do a four-team parlay. Do you want to take the four teams against the spread that have already clinched playoff spots in the NFC this year? So that means you would have to take the Packers plus 5.5 at the Vikings, the Seahawks minus 9.5 against the Cardinals, the 49ers minus 6.5 against the Rams, The Saints minus three at the Titans. You could take those four teams against the spread. Packers, Seahawks, 49ers, and Saints and get a big payout if it all comes through. Or you can go ahead and drink that money. John, you go first. I think I'm going to drink this one. Uh, I I don't love all four of those teams together. I think this is the season where there's a lot of close races, obviously, between the uh, Packers and Vikings and Seahawks and 49ers where it just kind of figures itself out because a team or two in there will lose a game that they shouldn't or win a game that they shouldn't. Uh, I do have one of these games coming up later in my picks. I won't tell you which one just now, but obviously I'm going to take the underdog in one of them, so I obviously wouldn't be in play for the parlay here. But I think this is a pretty good one. I'm really psyched for that Vikings-Packers game. I know that my Bears are out of it, but I really think that's going to be a real fun game to watch. And, uh, you know, two kind of prove-yourself teams – the Packers have been really good at times this year and really underwhelming, and the and the Vikings have just kind of been disrespected, I think is the right word, the, the entire year. Uh, Kirk Cousins has a, had a pretty good statistical year, but I don't see him being named anywhere to the Pro Bowl or any sort of uh, accolades. He's just kind of being treated as a, as a worse quarterback than I think he's performing. So I'm excited about that one. But in terms of all four of these teams together, I don't know if all of them are going to win this week. It, it sure seems like... Like I said, it's just that time of the year where one of them is going to stumble and that's going to kind of set the playoff picture now with one game left after this week. So I'm going to drink this one, Jason. I appreciate it. This was a good one to put together, but uh, I will take the drink off your hands. All right, Ryan, you drink at the bar. You're taking that 14 parlay. You know, this is a pretty fascinating NFC 
race with two weeks to go and, and you pick the four teams, they've all clinched. They all, they all have 11 wins. Uh, I mean, these last two weeks are critically important to see how it plays out. I mean, they, these teams need home field. They need the buy when, when you're this, you know, when, when it's, it's this close, it, I mean, what happens the next two weeks could actually determine which of these teams is going to make the Super Bowl. I mean, it's funny that, you know, everyone's talking after the Saints dismantled the Colts. You know, are they definitely the best team in the NFC? Well, wait a minute. Two weeks ago on their home field, they got beat by the 49ers. So, I mean, the margins between these teams are so thin. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm not going to. I'm not going to do a four-team parlay. I'm just going to – I'm going to drink and enjoy it. But this – the NFC, the playoffs really start this week for me. I mean, these four teams, you know, there's so many scenarios of, you know, the Seahawks and 49ers battling for the West, and the, whoever doesn't win the West is going to be the five seed. And the Saints, they need the Packers to lose because they hold a tiebreaker over the Seahawks, but not the – not if it's a three-way with the Packers and, you know, for the bye. So, I mean, the the, the playoffs start now. We're going to really see what these teams are made of. It's going to be really hard for a team that doesn't have that first round buy to come through all of the other teams. Sometimes, you know, teams have done that in the past, but but not the recent past. And it, it's going to be hard with with the quality of teams that are at the top. So yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna drink it. I'm not there's I'm not putting together a four team parlay, but I'm gonna I'm gonna buy buy some beers and just enjoy these these games for the next two weeks. Well, you guys can drink together at the bar. I'm going to bet this. 14 parlay, 20 bucks to win, 240 edition. I'll take the Packers, Seahawks, 49ers, and Saints. It's a long shot, I know, but it'll give me hopefully something to do going into that Monday night game if the first three teams uh, can cover. Then we'll see what the Packers and Vikings do on Monday night football. This is State Lines, where you get the best pro football gambling information here in the state of Illinois. Along with Ryan Fisher and John Spataro, I'm Jason Gotch. When we come back, Ryan will have some trends and notes for us. We'll talk about some of the more interesting games this week, and we'll have our best bets as well. All that right after this. State Lines, where you get the best pro football gambling information in the state of Illinois, along with John Spataro and our Vegas insider, Ryan Fisher. This is Jason Gotch, and it's our time in the show. We like to turn it over to Ryan because he's always got some trends, some notes, some interesting things to talk about It's going on in the gambling world. So, Ryan, the floor is yours. Well, just one thing I want to highlight as we hit, you know, the last few weeks of the regular season, John's been on fire um, with his picks, but he's done it in kind of a a little unconventional way, you know, early in the year, he was throwing teams out and saying he wasn't going to use them anymore. And I know one of those teams was Miami Dolphins. They were awful in September, 0-4 against the spread, absolutely crushed. Well, here's an interesting fact. They had their buy in week five. Since then, the Dolphins are 7-3 and against the spread. One of the more profitable teams in the entire NFL if you've been betting Miami Dolphins since the beginning of October. So two and a half, you know, two and a half months worth. Uh, another team that's been red hot, they, they did not cover last week, but the Steelers since week three, nine and three against the number. So that's another one. I mean, you you know, you're back in Mason Rudolph, you're back in the duck color Hodges, but it's it's not easy to do always, but these teams have been 
have been on fire. Now, one thing for this week, we talked a little bit about Packers Vikings. It's a huge game Monday night. Looks like Delvin Cook is not going to play for the Vikings. That's a big loss. We've we've had a lot to say about Kirk Cousins on this show, um, and we're going to find out here over the course of the next the next month. We're going to find out the truth on Kirk Cousins. My belief has always been that he he shrinks in the big moments, that he won't come through. Uh, since week five, Kirk Cousins has, has been one of the best quarterbacks in the NFL, in the top three. It's it's actually kind of ridiculous he didn't make the Pro Bowl. I mean, every number that you put out there, he's in the top two or three since week five. Well, now we're to that part of the year where he absolutely has to play well and they have to win. Uh, on a Monday night, Kirk Cousins, he's never won on a Monday night game. I believe he's 0-8. So here he is with the game against the Packers at home. You'd think everything sets up for him. We're, we're going to find out a whole lot about Kirk Cousins uh, starting this, this Monday night. Last thing, last trend, and I've highlighted it the last few weeks, but it continues to come in. You, interdivision games late in the year, you want to look at the unders, and you especially want to do that when the total is 45 or higher. Seems kind of counterintuitive, the games that, you know, that people are expecting a lot of points in. But that's where you're getting the most value. So we've got uh, six of them this week, interdivision games where the total is at least 45. So those are always some good ones to take a peek at um, as, you, as you're trying to fill out your card. Great stuff from Ryan. And I got to say, Kirk Cousins single-handedly saved my fantasy team this year. I know a lot of people don't care about fantasy football in the gambling world. First time I've ever actually played it. And Kirk Cousins, a guy, I'm like Ryan. I've never believed in Kirk Cousins. But I needed a quarterback, and the guy actually plays well. We'll see, though, like Ryan says, if he takes that into late December and then into the playoffs. A lot on the line here, not only for the Vikings, but for Kirk Cousins and his, and his career. Is he a franchise quarterback? Will he live up to what people hope he is? Or will he again shrink in the big moments? Speaking of big moments, John Spataro I got to put you on the spot here because, like you told us in the opening segment of the program, you've been on fire over the last 30 days. No pressure, my friend, but there's a lot of people out there in listener land that are expecting some Christmas winners this week. So give us your three best plays for Week 16. All right, here goes nothing. Uh, I was telling these guys uh, during the break that I was going to do this, and I, and I got some jeers, rightfully so, for Mr. Ryan Fisher and Jason Gotch about what I'm about to say. But I'm about to pick a game that involves the San Francisco 49ers. I talked about it a few weeks ago. When you're hot, I think that's the best time to throw up a heat check. That heat check that I did a couple weeks ago went 2-1. and one. I'm trying for another heat check to see if I can actually get one right on the 49ers this week. I'm going to go with the Rams. I'm going to go with the Rams getting six and a half points on the road in Santa Clara. I think last week it was a really, really bad loss for the Niners. I, I know it was a close game. I know it came down to the last inch with Julio Jones extending the ball over the goal line with time expiring, and then they got a useless touchdown at the end. Well, not useless, as Ryan was saying, if you had the over ticket. But I think that that changes the complexion of this San Francisco team. I think everything was going right for them at the beginning of the year. I think when you lose a game like that at home and then you have a big division game coming in right after, the Rams are hanging on by a thread to try and get into the playoffs. So I think that you have to figure out what what you're going to do if you're the 49ers to not let the pressure of trying to get that number one versus the number five seed like Ryan was talking about depending on where the Seahawks finish and where the Niners finish. 
I think this sets up nicely for not necessarily a Rams win, but definitely not a, a San Francisco win by more than six and a half points. So I like the Rams in that one. I know what I'm saying. I'll probably be regretting that next week. But hey, when you're hot, you're hot. Let's see if I can uh, finally get a win with the Niners involved. Another game I'm looking at is an extreme low total that I think is going to go over pretty comfortably Pittsburgh and the Jets. The total on that game is currently 37 points, which is almost uh, unheard of in the NFL. However, I'm going to go against the trend and and put this one on the over. I think a lot of, of, of money is on the under in this one. No one really likes the Jets at all from an offensive standpoint. No one really knows what Doc Hodges is doing with the, the Pittsburgh Steelers, but I see this one actually getting some points scored in it. I, I, I don't know why I necessarily have a, a strong belief in Duck Hodges or Sam Darnold, but I think that there's a, a chance that this game um, maybe even hits close, if not before halftime. I, I really feel pretty good about that one. Uh, I, I just feel like that's a low total and a, a, a late game with some young quarterbacks trying to make a, a name for themselves and somewhat of a lost season for the for the Pittsburgh Steelers, although they're still in playoff contention despite losing Ben Roethlisberger and certainly a lost season with the Jets. I think that the ball could be thrown a lot in that game and I could see that one going over. And then my best bet of the week, I'm going to go to a, a stinker, really not a, a super exciting game, uh, but Jacksonville and Atlanta. I like the under in that one as well. Uh, I like 46 and a half points is where it's at right now. I like that one to stay low. The Jags just have such a weird offense right now. It's hard to really get a read on what they're going to do. They seem like they should be putting up a lot of points, and they do sometimes. Uh, but other times they can barely move the ball, and it seems like they're going into the third or fourth quarter with zero or three or seven points scored. So I'm going to like this one to stay under. I think that that's going to be a pretty safe call. And uh, those are my three picks. Hopefully we will uh, come back next week with another 3 and a week. If not, uh, I'm still feeling pretty good about how I've done this year. And uh, Merry Christmas to all who are following me on this great stretch of picks. Well said, John. And they should be saying Merry Christmas to you because you are putting money in their pocket to stuff those Christmas stockings with presents this year. So, Ryan, you're doing very well as well the entire season as well as last week. So I know you got some winners lined up for us right now. Yeah, so I talk about the unders late in the year, and that's where I'm going to go. I'm going to start out at, uh, I know it's not called StubHub Field anymore out there in Carson, but it's called something else. But it'll always be StubHub in my heart when people talk about the Chargers' nomadic existence. Uh, <laughs> the under's been great there. 21 games they've played. It's gone under 14 times. We've got the interdivision matchup, Raiders and Chargers. The total's high enough. We're at about 45 or 45 and a half. So we're going to take the under in that one. Phillip Rivers, when he's not turning the ball over seven times like he was against the Vikings, the uh, he'll just take that eight-yard pass over and over and over again down the field. So slow-paced game. We like the under there. Second one, biggest game of the week, Cowboys-Eagles. If the Cowboys win, they, they clinch the division. If the Eagles win, they set themselves up just needing to beat the Giants next week. So basically a playoff game. Uh, Dak Prescott, there's some talk about his shoulder. He is going to play, it looks like, but Without much practice, um, the Eagles, they don't have a single wide receiver on their roster that started the season on the roster. Just an amazing, amazing run of injuries at that position for them. Uh, so we're going to take the under in that one. Again, second game, interdivisional game late in the year. The total of this one, we're looking at about 46 and a half. Uh, so we're going to go with the under there as well. 46 even, we'll, we'll stay under that. Uh, finally, we're going to go one last one. And this one, we're going to go the other way. 
right here in Nashville, Saints and Titans. Drew Brees played great Monday night, obviously. Kind of the unknown is that Ryan Tannehill has been one of the better quarterbacks in the NFL for the last two months. Titans have been scoring points. Titans need this game. Their defense has not been uh, has not been consistent. That uh, the Texans Titans game last week stayed under the total, which is one of the few games that's gone under since Tannehill has been the starter for the Titans. But if you watch that game, I think there were three turnovers inside the red zone, two or three interceptions right inside the five yard line around the goal line. That game should have gone over. Saints still going to score some points. I think the Titans are going to score some points as well. So we're going to take the over here in Nashville between the Saints and the Titans. All right, Ryan giving you some Christmas winners as well. And I'll wrap it up. Me, Jason Gotch here on State Lines. I am going to go ahead and take the Philadelphia Eagles in a game that's going to decide the NFC East crown. They're playing the Cowboys. That is a game on Sunday, a late afternoon contest. The Eagles getting a point and a half. Give me Philly against a very inconsistent Dallas team. Do not get fooled by that home win over the Rams. I think the Eagles aren't very good either, but I think they get it done at home against the Cowboys. And Jason Garrett may be coaching his second-to-last game with the Dallas Cowboys. I'm also going to take the Ravens minus the 10 in Cleveland against the Browns. This is a a noon kickoff central time on Sunday. I normally hate taking road favorites, but the Browns are an absolute disaster. Freddie Kitchens is over his head, way in over his head as a head coach. Uh, The Ravens are clicking right now. They had a hard time with Cleveland earlier in the season, and I think they get some revenge in this one. So give me the Ravens minus the 10. And also, I'm going to take in what I think should have been the flex game. I think we should have had a toilet bowl. Not Bears-Chiefs, but I think they should have made the flex game. The Bengals and the Dolphins, because this one is big for the number one overall pick in the draft. Now, I know the Bengals are two games up on the Dolphins to get that number one overall pick. Since he with one win this year, the Dolphins have three. But if the Bengals win this game and they beat the pathetic Browns next week and the Dolphins lose out, I believe based on strength of schedule, the Dolphins would get the number one overall pick. So... The Dolphins right now are a point favorite in that game. Give me Miami. So I think the Dolphins fans see a winner on the field on Sunday, but I think the Bengals fans ultimately win because that loss would clinch the number one overall pick in the 2020 draft. And give Cincy, I think it's a no-brainer. They will take Joe Burrow, the kid from Ohio, and the LSU star, the quarterback number one overall. So that'll do it for State Lines for another week. For Ryan Fisher and John Spataro, my name is Jason Gotch. From all of us to all of you, have a very Merry Christmas, and we'll talk to you real soon.